You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, obviously please subscribe and hit the little bell notification so you're uh, aware of as soon as we put new content on. Lots of great guests coming up, including today's guest. You would have recognised him as a regular contributor to the West Ham podcast scene. Uh, when he's not doing that, he's the founder and CEO of Pickfair. You'll see the little uh, product placement behind him, um, as well as a, as it says on his Twitter bio, a recovering journalist, which I quite like as a way of saying. <laughs> it's Benji Laniardo. Hi, Benji. How are you, man? I'm well, Russ. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, the, basically, we're obviously interviewing lots of people all over the all over the world, different ages, all West Ham fans about their memories of West Ham, and also the players meant something to them in this period where we can't obviously create new memories as we don't have any, any football at the moment, um, <laughs> which is, which is, it started off weird. Now it's just getting the norm. Now it's even stranger, but uh, who knows? looks like it might be on its way back. I'm not sure how I feel about it to be honest, but yeah. you know, it might not be too far off now. Too far no, off. I think, well, I think everyone's, I think every other league apart from the, is looking at the Bundesliga and seeing how that's going to run. And exactly. just, copy them basically yeah. copy, the, copy the germans <laughs> so so in terms of you benji obviously you know a lifelong hammer you know earliest memories you know anything you know sort of your earliest recollection of west ham so all of my my love of west ham is all because of my uncle jeff so listeners to the to the stop hammer time podcast and some and the totally football show would have heard of, of uncle jeff so he, he was born in Whitechapel. so he was he was a he was a natural west ham fan and he started taking me when I was very young, and I was actually thinking about it ahead of this, my first ever West Ham game, I think it was the 91-92 season, and it was actually, it's an away game, so, so Uncle Jeff and my cousins got, got in the car, and I, got, I can't even remember knowing what I was doing, but it was away at Villa Park, and we lost 3-1, because of course we lost, um, and Kenny Brown scored, and actually that meant that for the first like, couple of years as a West Ham fan, Brilliant. I was an obsessive Kenny Brown fan, um, and but I think probably when I really started going properly was ninety three, ninety four, and for quite a long time, um, my uncle Jeff used to slip the guy on the turnstile a fiver, 
and we'd sit four of us on three seats. So I'd sort of squeeze in between my, my, my cousins or Uncle Jeff and um, yeah, that's when it all started. So yeah, probably in earnest, you know, mid, mid 90s was when I really yeah. got obsessed with it. But first game, 91, 92, yeah. which is the kit that I'm wearing that's today. Say, that's this is the 91, 92 kit. Yeah, yeah. that's very... Windows on. Oh, God bless it. So you sort of, you really got yeah, into yeah. it when we were sort of, you know, you sort of a glory hunter because we were in the Premier League that season. We, we got promoted in it that season before. So <laughs> someone I spoke to the other well, day, he was, go on, go for it, man. Sorry, not going to I was just saying that the, 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 um, the game that really sticks in my mind in that period was the promotion game uh, when we beat Cambridge United 2-0. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was David Speedy we had up front or whatever. And then, and then there was yeah. a pitch invasion at the end. Clive Allen and, Clive Allen and David Speedy got the goals, yeah, and and that was that I remember vividly as one of the first games that really got me. And then yeah, they went to the Premier League. I remember that game really well. I mean, that, that was the first season I started going was ninety two ninety three season, and right. I remember that game so clearly because I think I was on the I was on the lower the lower west tier, and I was sort of a bit I was sort of near where the overhang was with the upper tier, and a um, a rope ladder went flying over from the top tier. Um, and it almost hit me. I remember that. And the people were literally climbing down. Yeah, I think it got for a few people climbing down to get on the pitch. That was men- absolutely mental. Right. Uh, and and obviously, you know, sort of ninety-one onwards. Lots, lots of, lots of memories. Any sort of which stick out as like really fond ones, really, really sort of uh, ones which stay in your heart. Um, okay. Yeah. Good question. Um, I don't know why, but I really quite vividly remember the. Um, the four, I think it was four-one win against Man City when Dix got a couple of free kicks and Danny was playing and Danny scored. God bless him, yeah. Um, yeah, Danny, lock up your daughters, Danny. Um, I can't remember what, what year would that have been. Maybe like ninety-six, ninety-seven. Yeah, something it would have been Red like Nap, wasn't it? Red Nap, sort of early, early-ish Red Nap time, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I remember it because I spent most of my time at West Ham sitting in the East Stand Upper. And for whatever reason, um, it was me, my mate and my brother-in-law ended up sitting in what became um, the centenary lower next to the away fans. And it was a gorgeous hot day. And Julian Dix scored a couple of absolute thunderbolt free kicks, which is what he, what he did. Yeah. Um, and then Danny scored. And it was just this brilliant day. And it was also, this is bad, but it was the first time I really got to antagonise away fans because I was right next to them. <laughs> and I, I know that's, 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 that's bad, but it was, it was one of those moments, especially when you're... You know, I was probably like 11 or 12 or yeah. something. I just felt like Larry, I was yeah. having the best day of my life. You know, it was amazing. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I used to, I remember when I was with my granddad, we used to, uh, we used to be in their family enclosure on the centenary upper, right front row. And so you could see all that used to be fun watching it. And because I had like a bird's eye view of the chicken run, sort of the chicken run versus the away fans. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Great fun great fun right that's that's really cool and it's funny how you know you said like we've had quite a few people like random games of like stuck in the memory like a a nil nil draw at at norwich and stuff like that that's another one actually do you know what one of the most memorable games again out to park was a nil nil which was the game that never was the maniomi in me game remember that the the, um the 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 villa penalty shootout yeah yeah because um Oh no, was it a nil-nil? I can't remember what it No, it wasn't a nil-nil, sorry. But no, no. Um, the reason that, yeah, the, the reason I remember it so vividly is that it, we were two on down going into the last minute of whether it was normal time or extra time. And we brought Paul Kitson on to um to uh to try and score a, you know last last gasp effort off the bench. Yeah. Um 
And the guy, there was this guy who was an absolute bruiser that used to sit maybe sort of 10 seats up. When you're like a teenage boy, you're fascinated by these absolute brick proverbial yeah, yeah. houses that yeah, are yeah. tattoos everywhere, skinhead, a proper, proper, you know, probably was in the ICF and all this kind of thing. Um, and he happened to be walking out just as Paul Kitson got fouled for a last minute penalty. And so suddenly this absolute bruiser was standing next to me as I think it was the Canio took the penalty and scored. And he picked me up and like <laughs> lifted me like a foot off the ground and was squeezing me like you wouldn't believe it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another one. That's another one. And it's a game that then got, dis- that got uh, uh, yeah. struck off the record because of what we in me. Anyway, that's another random one that I, that, that I remember. I love it. I love it. I love it. I remember like there's it's games I remember where I think it was it was a Villa game again and it was in the league. Uh, it must have been early 2000s and it was the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. And I remember it so vividly because I think we, Villa scored the first minute. And I think we scored in the 90th minute and nothing happened for the 88 minutes in between. It was like <laughs> brilliant. You know, it's, it's a horrible game. Yeah, football, football. Right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, as I said, what we're doing as well is we're, we're sort of talking about players as well. Um, now we try and sort of have some sort of parameters uh, if we can, one is we try and keep it to a four-four-two, but I'm not really fussed now. Um, I, I've gone four-four-two. That's brilliant. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. My my video ed- editing skills have been somewhat uh, tested by speaking to older <laughs> gentlemen who have inside lefts and left offs and. Still don't know what that is. <laughs> I still haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. Um, yeah, 4-4-2. Next one is that we make sure that um, that you're alive to see him play, obviously. Yep, done um, that. So, obviously, yep. you know, you and me, you couldn't put in um, Bobby Moore, but we could put in Danny Collins, for example. Sure. Sorry if it's a spoiler. Danny Collins. Danny Collins. Don't you remember Danny Who Collins? Danny, last time I talked about Danny Collins. Well, he's back, you know. He's back, Danny Collins. Um, well, you said Manny on the minimum. I mean, that was the last time. I can't remember the last time someone's managed him as a player. Um, and the last one is it's your 11. So it doesn't have to be the best players. It's the players that could mean something to you. It may be the, you know, the 11 players you enjoyed singing at the most or shouting at the most. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, so it's, your, it's, it's all about you, basically, Benji. So... Who's going to be in between the sticks for your team then? So this is hard. By the way, this is the this is the um the last the last time I had to think long and hard about my favourite West Ham players was two years ago at my wedding when my now wife um was in charge of more or less everything. Um, I, I think I, I was looking after food and bits and bobs. And the one thing that she did give me responsibility was naming the tables Brilliant. at the yeah. wedding. So I, I think we had something like 12 or 13 tables and I named them all after my favourite West Ham players. And also, and this is the thing I was proudest of, I also had them in a formation, really. So they were, they were like, you know, the, the goalie was at the, and the defenders were at this end and as you moved along the kind of hall, you had the midfielders and the strikers. Um, anyway, so yeah, a lot of those names on that uh, for my wedding day have made it into this one. Brilliant. But I, I had Ludo on my wedding day. I'm not going for Ludo. I'm going for Shaka Hislop. Oh. Um, because... But two reasons. Firstly, I just felt he was cool. And he was a really... We had a couple of spells with Shaka, I think, didn't we? But he was just a really good, solid keeper. And also, the reason I love Shaka is the only time I'd ever started a chant at a game was to do with Shaka, which was... I think it was West Brom away. And me and my mate Andy, who I go to most away games with, um, just started singing um, Trinidad's number one. Trinidad's, Trinidad's number one, and all of the West Ham fans joined in. 
Shaka turned round, gave us a thumbs up because he was about to go to the World Cup with Trinidad and Tobago as well. So that was all, all good fun. And it was, a, it was an end of season game uh, and we'd, we, we'd secured um, uh, our status in the league. So it was just <laughs> a fun day out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was going for Shaka Hislop. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Guy. I think, by the way, not, not, um, if I was to choose the best, I would have said Rob Green. I think Rob Green is prime, mm. maybe even Fab, you know? I Fab mean, might yeah, be I mean, the best Western goalkeeper I've ever seen. I'm, but, but, I'm but in that. Shaka yeah. got a special place in my heart. No, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And speaking about the wedding, that was like me. My wife, she organised everything. I just said, look, there's one thing I want, and that is to, um, to basically do the colour scheme for the wedding. And she was like, what? It's like, yeah, you can, you can do, you know, we'll pay for all of it. And I just want the colour scheme. She went, what, what colour scheme? And then she, even before she finished the question, she went, you want claret and blue, don't you? And I was like, yep, yep, that's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but yeah, Shaka, Shaka's the man. Shaka was the man, weren't he? He was cool. Is that sort of laid back, sort of Caribbean type of vibe, weren't he? He was just yeah, brilliant. And I just love, I love seeing West Ham players at international tournaments and seeing him at the World Cup was brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. All right, Shaka's in, Shaka's in. Who are we going to have at left back then, Benji? So both my fullbacks are, are, are from the era in which I fell in love with West Ham. And for me, it's just got to be Dixie. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, he was the first poster that I had in my room. You can probably picture the, the, they used to sell them on Green Street, these big like A0 posters of Julian, full skinhead, re, you know, running down the wing, looking like an absolute maniac. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely love Dixie. And I kind of, it broke my heart that he never, he never, he never played for England. I almost when he when he went to Liverpool, I almost was like, good on him. I want him to go there and yeah. improve himself, and it's never quite worked out, did it? But yeah. um, has to be has to be Julian Dixon left back, um, and at right back, it's um, Steve Potts. Potsy. Um, now Potsy, I loved again because my first few seasons, Upton Park. I think he was Hammer of the Year in both seasons. Really, yeah. really solid player. Um, and he played at centre back quite a bit as well, for, which for a guy that was only like sort, he was only like five eight, five yeah, nine. Yeah. It's very impressive. You don't see that much. I mean, like you know, Mascherano is maybe a modern example, but yeah. Potsy, I just thought he was class. Like you know, his his, his perfect side parting haircut. He never put in a crap performance. Like he just he just I, I really liked him. In fact, I tell you what, I've got a good story about Steve Potts. Um, this was uh, it must have been early naughty. So Steve Potts um, finished his career at Dagenham and Redbridge, right, mm. and. I um, had a mate of mine who was a, uh, a huge Southport fan. And it happened that um, Southport were playing away at Dagenham, Dagenham Redbridge. And was, uh, all I knew about Dagenham Redbridge was that that's where Steve Potts was. Yeah. So I was like, well, obviously I'll come. And so we, so we went to Dagenham Redbridge and um, we were in the, away, in, the away, in the away fans. And there were nine of us. There were nine Southport away fans. And Potsy got sent off after half an hour. So I was like, oh, okay, right, I'm, I'm just going to have to support Southport now. And Southport ended up winning 3-0. And me, me and my mate were standing right behind the goal. And, I, and we were involved in what I swear must have been the only, one of the only goal celebrations where the players mobbed the fans. Yeah. There were more players yeah. than fans behind the goal all going mad. And yeah, anyway, all of that was because I'd gone to see what Potsy was, what was like, you know, in, in, in his dotage. Oh, bless him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, nice guys. You said that that side parting never, never a hair out of place, was it? It was even after ninety minutes. Inceptional. Right. Okay. So born in America, born in the states, pots, which I never realised. He's born in 
Connecticut. I was looking at his Wikipedia recently. Mm. Yeah, did he have an American accent, or was he just born there and came over here? I think he was born there and came and came over here because he then because he was because then he then he left. I was he finished Dagenham Redbridge. Then he did. I think he came back and was a was a coach. I think he might still be involved in the club at the moment on the academy. Is, yeah. And uh, famously, was a, I believe he was a taxi driver in between coming back to the yeah, club right. around uh, around my yeah, neck yeah, of the woods, yeah. uh, actually. So, um, but yeah, same as uh, Samasi Abu, he's a taxi driver around my neck of the woods, apparently as well. You're so. joking, is he? No, it's very true. One of the, uh, someone I know who's a West Ham fan apparently got in one of his Ubers or something. Yeah, but anyway, how could you imagine? Because he's crazy. He's not like he's a normal-looking man. Yeah, his massive eyes and dreadlocks. He yeah, probably yeah. Still has a dreads. Basically, right. Okay, so we'll put Potsy on the right. We'll put Dixie on the left. Who are we going to centre backs then, Benji? Um, centre backs. First of all, it has to be Rio. Yeah. Um, very uh, sort of slightly personal one. I grew up in Southeast London, and he grew he grew up in Peckham as well. And we and and he was becoming sort of brilliant again just at the time that I was getting into football. Yeah. To the extent that my next door neighbour knew a, a, a guy in his in his class at school called um, Moses Junju. Do you remember Moses Junju, youth player? I mean, notable because he had four J's in his surname, which is extraordinary. <laughs> and anyway, me, me, my next door neighbour, and, and Moses used to hang out quite a bit. And Moses played for West Ham at the time, and um, he was actually in the same intake as Defoe when we picked him up from Charlton. Yeah. I mean, it's a difficult story, I think, because he was basically told, whoever scores more goals out of you and Defoe will take on. Um, and he got like 20 goals, Moses, and, and Jermaine got 20, uh, 45 or whatever. Anyway, they once came back from the Lewisham bowling alley on ben Belmont Hill. And they couldn't wait to knock on my door when, when they got back because they'd been there outside the bowling alley. And Rio had pulled up in his Z3 or whatever it was and leant out the window and be like, you're right, Moses. And I was, just, and, and I was supposed to go with him and I didn't. And I was like... Oh my God! I could have met Rio Ferdinand, oh, no. and uh, no. It, anyway, I loved Rio, and yeah. when he first started as well, I used to have a, I had a skinhead for mo most of my teens, and believe it or not, people used to say that I looked like Rio quite a bit. So when I walked in to my seat in the East Stand Upper, people always used to be like Rio, 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 <laughs> and which I absolutely loved. So loved and, I, and also I think that. This kind of raft of players that we had in that period, yeah. some left in a good way, some left in a bad way. Rio indisputably left in a good way. And I still remember when he scored for Leeds, I think the season we mm -hmm. sold him, he scored in front of the centenary and all the West Ham fans clapped him back to the halfway line. You know, it was a really yeah. nice ending to his, time, to, to his time. So yeah, Rio is my first choice. Good shout. Um, and the second choice um, is Winston Reid. Now... Winston Reid, you know, I think, you know, there's probably better players like yeah. Alvin Martin at centre-back. Um, but Winston, I think, at his peak was a Champions League quality defender. It didn't last that long. And it's a bit of a tragedy, his, his injury record. Mm. Um, but yeah, at his peak, I thought he was a real world-class centre-back, actually. And, and I thought it was a matter of time before a, a top-four team came and got him. Mm. Um, and also just because of that goal, the, win the, the, the winner at the last game of the bowling, which yeah. is my happiest moment as a West Ham fan. Yeah, um, you know, and and I will forever be grateful for that moment. So yeah, it had to be Winston. Exactly, and as you said, you like you like uh, international players playing at a world stage, and obviously uh, we'd signed we we were signing just after the World Cup, and when they said, I remember the club, we're signing at World Cup. I thought, oh, who's it going to be? Like. Perlo, Nesta, and this like guy from New Zealand turns up. We bought from Denmark for like three million quid or whatever. Um, but yeah, he, he was he was, he was excellent. He, you know, in the championship, he was excellent. Yeah. 
I really felt that there, there was a little while where I, I'm very, very into my stats. Um, and there was a little while when Winston Reid's aerial statistics were unbelievable. He basically mm. won every header that, he, you know, every aerial duel he was involved with. Just such a real shame that injury has held him back because I think he had it in him to go right, right to the top. But yeah, for yeah. that goal, if, if nothing else, he's in. Because yeah, I remember like Liverpool, weren't they reportedly like sniffing around him at, at one time? And yeah, no, exactly. No, yeah, Winnie Reid, yeah, good shout. And as you said, that goal, he goes down in, in folklore history, doesn't he? So, okay. Very much so. Right, okay, that's defence. Let's go midfield. Let's go left wing then, Benji. So my wing is a kind of interchangeable. Sure, I like that, uh, yeah. Uh, and just to shout out to the ones that didn't make it, Matty Holmes, I love. Um, Matty Holmes, really good player. We sold him on, sold him on to Blackburn. He, he came from Bournemouth, so obviously there was the Redknapp um, link when Redknapp went to be Bonds' assistant. Mm. And Matty Holmes, I just really rated as a player. And also the age I was, I was like, oh, tricky winger with a nice left yeah. foot. Love him. And the other one is, is Antonio, who I haven't included, but I love Mikel Antonio. He's my current favourite West Ham player. Um, but I've gone for Joey Cole. Yeah. Um, again, sort of the timing. Um, I remember when he signed his contract on the pitch at half time in a cup game. I think it was against Peterborough. I, get, I believe um, is that. I, I believe actually, someone corrected me the other day. I believe it's, it was Chelsea we signed him. Um, it in was the, in the league. And yeah. He made his debut. He made his debut the Wednesday yeah. after against yeah, yeah. Peterborough. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him doing all these like like step overs on the wing. But he was just so exciting. And, yeah. and this applies to another player that we'll talk about shortly. I couldn't, like, I couldn't quite believe that he was a West Ham player because there was all this fuss about him being the next bloody everything, the next Gaza, Pele, Maradona, which in the end um, probably was a bit of a, you know, a, a burden on him for most of his career. Because the truth is he actually reached some real highs. He, he, he won the league, he played in World Cups, he scored worldies at international tournaments. Yeah. He was England's player of the season one year. He was Chelsea's player of the season one year. Like, that's an excellent career, but people still say that he underachieved well of course he did when he said he was going to be Maradona at the age of yeah. 15 yeah um but I absolutely loved him and that youth team that won the um FA Youth Cup with him and Carrick and it was like Adam Newton was the other one who, yeah. who did all right for a little while a few of them Alexander up front um I just got obsessed with them because and I was like I can't believe the most exciting young player in England is a West Ham player yeah and so and so yeah for a little while he was fantastic I loved it when he came back I remember when he he um I took my nephew to his first West Ham game and Joey Cole, it was his comeback game, two assists for two headers from James Collins. Absolutely loved it. And, I, and we went home singing all about Joey Cole. So yeah, I love Joey Cole. Brilliant. Yeah, we had, um, we had uh, Bertie Braley on who, um, who scored three of the Isn't nine goals. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was, and he was, he was really, it was a really good uh, episode because it was, a, he spoke about all these players from a player perspective and like, you know, really, but yeah, that Joe, as you said, Joe, he, yeah, I think from the age of like 14, you know, like 13, 14, he was, as you said, the Gaza. And, but, he, but he under, yeah, people say he underperformed, but, um, you know, particularly for England, England underperformed. So it's like, you know, it's, if England yeah. had won a World Cup and he, he would still be with it, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, we'll put Joey in. Who's going to go on the other wing then, Benji, to, to interchange? It is uh, Yossi, Yossi Benayoun. Um, so I'm Jewish. And also there's there's two different types of Jew. There's, there's um, Ashkenazi Jews who are the European Jews. Yeah. And then there are Sephardi Jews that are kind of more um, Arab Jews. They lived in sort of North Africa, the Middle East. Um, and my, my sort of heritage is actually a mix of the two, but I sort of feel very Sephardi. And Yossi Benayoun is a Sephardi Jew. Like his, yeah. his, um, his family come, in, come originally from Morocco. 
And of course, we've had a few brilliant Israeli players yeah. over, over the years. Obviously, I, 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 it was a bit of a coin toss between him and, um, and Ayar Berkovic for, for, for a winger role, even though Ayar was a bit more central. But yeah, the fact that this Safadi Jew was playing yeah. for uh, West Ham and playing wonderfully for West Ham that season, the cup season, he was absolutely brilliant. And um, what a player. You know, you, you know the, the, um, there's that amazing game against Fulham where Anton scores a worldie, and then he scores that worldie, cuts back twice, chips over the keeper. I remember um, another one as well, away at um, Sunderland, the one-all game, where he, we were crap, and he scored the kind of equaliser in the last five minutes. And we were staying over in, in Newcastle that night with me, my mate Andy, and his brother, and his brother's girlfriend. And uh, we had a few drinks after the game. And I, at my enduring memory of that evening, because it was Yossi Benayoun who scored the goal, in the middle of Newcastle, I, me, Andy, and a few other West Ham fans started doing like Jewish dancing and singing uh, Yossi Benayoun to Havana Nagila. So yeah. like, Yoss, Benayoun, Yossi Benayoun. And, and other West Ham fans started joining in. It was just, it, it was just brilliant. I absolutely loved it. So yeah, Yossi, yeah. Yossi, I loved. What a player as well. Like real, in terms of the quality, the absolute quality that he had, one of the best that, I, that I've seen at West Ham. Yeah, good shot. I thought you was going to say um, Yanev Kaitan. Do you remember Yanev Kaitan? He played for us for a bit. Yeah. Oh, what a player. <laughs> he didn't quite do it. He didn't quite yeah. make but, it. Um, yeah, no, Yossi, Yossi and Nia, though. Yeah. Amazing players. Yeah, amazing yeah. players. And a guy, a guy used to work with my old company. It was a Jewish company, and he was called Yossi. And so he's Joseph, oh, but really? we called him Yossi. So, yeah. And my, and, my boss was, and my boss was called Benji. So I sort of guessed it, you know, beforehand. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Benji <laughs> and Yossi. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we got Coley on one wing, Yossi on the other wing. Um, who are we going yeah. to have in the middle then, Benji? So, again, quick shout-out to the ones that didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, Valen Barami, who I loved, who for one for one season was almost like the perfect defensive yeah. midfielder, just an absolute workhorse, you know. Engine. Um, and then Scotty Parker, who again, you know, you know, didn't leave perfectly, but not his fault. You know, he, he just went to a better club. We've been relegated. What can you do? And Scott Parker, I thought, was just absolutely magnificent for us mm. for, for, for three, four years, to the extent that everyone thought he was the captain when he wasn't. It was Matt Upson at the time. But yeah. he was a real talisman. And some of the goals, some of the performances, the fact that, again, as a West Ham player, he got into an England team uh, and an England tournament as well. He, he was, um, was he PFA player of the I think year? The season we went, well? went down, I think he was one of the he was PFL or football writers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is extraordinary. But anyway, he hasn't made the team. The two that have are. Um, first of all, Mark Noble. It's a, it's a very obvious one. Um, but he's a long way from being the best player I've seen at West Ham. Yeah. But one thing that I just think he deserves such credit for is that every year for about seven, eight years now, I've said, this will be the season that we leave Mark Noble behind. Mm. And every year he's defied that. Um, and and, I, and he's just he's a real leader. I think the role of captain is really underestimated in modern football. I think it's one of the reasons, for example, a team like Arsenal have underperformed for about six years now because whilst they've got fantastic players, they've never had any leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, now they've got like five different semi-captains, whatever. For us, that's never been an issue. Since you know, Noble was already a captain on the pitch when Nolan was there, yeah. and now he just he's just um, yeah. I, I I think one of the angriest I've been at West Ham in the last couple of years was when someone booed Mark Noble. And I swear, I nearly got up. I, I actually stood up and shouted at the person that booed Mark Noble and they shut up. But I was fuming because it doesn't matter if that guy puts in a bad performance. Like, he is West Ham. And, yeah. and, and, we, and we, we should be massively grateful for his service and his continual improvement because yeah. 
it's not that he just like kept up with the rest of the team. He's kept up with the Premier League over all these yeah. years. So yeah, massive respect for Mark yeah. Logan. And someone was someone was saying the other day, um, which I didn't really think about until the other, because obviously you know it's fair to say two seasons ago, three seasons ago, everyone thought he was gone. His legs were gone, you know, yeah. 60, 60 minute mark basically. And the last sort of two years has been almost this resurgence of the player. And someone made a point the other day, you know, it's, it's almost like with the arrival of Declan Rice, he's improved. And I didn't really think about it until, until I went back. So obviously Scotty Parker, he was awesome. And it was almost like he was coaching a young Mark Noble about about yeah. the virtues of being a captain. Now it's almost like the other way around. Now he's so Mark is obviously importing, importing that sort of that sort of mentality to Declan, and Declan's obviously doing a lot of the donkey work, really, a lot of the defensive stuff. So yeah. Mark doesn't have to do that much. So he can very often play ninety minutes without a problem. And um, I, it was totally. It was and I, I think as well the the, the um, another person that I considered for this team was Lucas Neal, and it mm. might sound mad, but Lucas Neal was another player whose importance as a captain was, was more important than his, than his, his uh, importance as a player. Um, just because he, he was, I can't remember who it was I was listening to on the radio, I think it might have been Ginge, saying how um, uh, Lucas, Lucas Neal's role as a captain was vital during that period. Mm. Um, and I think that, again, with Noble, just the fact that he is the man there. He is the man. He's the one that's going to look after the new arrivals. He's the one that's going to, Gonna, gonna, um, you know, coach the youngsters like Declan. He's the one that's gonna pick up players when they're injured and chuck them off the pitch. He's the one that's gonna stand up to Pogba when he's beaten, when he's trying to bully him. Like he's just a man, isn't he, Mike? Yeah, like, we just gotta love it. Him. Yeah, and it'll be one of those people who'll, you know, when he retires. I mean, I think I think it was interviewed a couple of days ago saying, you know, when he retires, he'd like to be a manager, manager West Ham, or he'd like to be director of football. You know, that's what he's gonna do, isn't he? He's gonna be stuck around the club. Yeah. And 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 being a coach so. and stuff, I hope so as well. Uh, right, who's going to partner Nobs in the middle of them, Binge? The best player that I've ever seen play for West Ham, and that is Dimitri Payet. I was going to, um, was going to say Jonathan Spector. Yeah. Jonathan is Jonathan Spector. <laughs> um, I love Spector. Come on, four 0 against United in the snow. Johnny Specks with two headers. Can't forget that. But yes, I think Payet just mm. edges him. Um, like I still feel very bittersweet about the whole the whole Pio thing, um, but his quality was, I mean, better than anyone I'd seen. Yeah. And for that season, again, it was one of these moments. It was like, hold on, one of the best players on the planet is currently playing for West Ham. Um, you know, you think about the goals he scored, the free kick against Palace. Yeah. You know, the season after when it's all gone a bit sour, the goal against uh, Middlesbrough, the free kick at Old Trafford. More than that, it was just his play, the way he played. He was just an absolute natural. And again, that summer, um, when he, you know, he was the best player at the Euros for France, who almost won it, um, and he scored that. He scored the winner in their first game. And I was in the pub, yeah. being like, I can't believe the best player in on the pitch is a West Ham player. Yeah. And of course, that meant that he probably wasn't going to stick around very long. Um, and I wish he hadn't gone in the way he, in the way he went. Um, but for that season and a half, it was a privilege to, yeah. to, to watch him play. And, and um, yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen a higher quality player in a West Ham top. I really to- totally agree. And, uh, and, you know, before him, when was the last time we had a Ballon d'Or nominee in our team? Ever. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, and, do, and do you know what the problem is? Is that, unfortunately, though that kind of level of genius 
you often get the other side of it as well, yeah. which is they're difficult. Yeah. You know, look at look look at all the best players in the history of the game. Most of them have been difficult. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe you know maybe, maybe it's maybe what do we expect? I also think that we didn't really build the team around him or build on that season. On, yeah, you know, yeah. in the first season in the. In the Olympic Stadium, but anyway, yeah, what what a joy it was to watch yeah. him play. And, and as you said, I mean, he, he you know he 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 left Marseille in you know in in a similar way to come to us, you know, yeah. took his toys and, yeah. and ran. And so you know, what do you expect really? But yeah, I agree. For that season and a half, he was he was yeah, he was our, our technically our best. He's agreed. He's probably the te- best technical player I've ever seen at West Ham. Yeah. Right, nice midfield. Okay, right, let's go for your strikers then, Benji. Um, again, a couple that didn't make it. Vaz Tay, who I adored. Um, I remember when, when I saw him play against us for Barnsley that season, thinking, bloody hell, he's, he's, a, yeah. he's not a championship player. And I was very pleased we got him. That, you know, the, the 6-0 win against Brighton, I think it was, with his hat-trick goal with an overhead kick, the, the one that got us promoted, amazing. I also, weirdly, had a real soft spot for um, David Connolly. Remember mm. David Connolly? Yeah, great player. I played for really us in one of, the, one of the championship seasons. Mm. Just worked so hard and was a little bloke. And, and just, when you see a little bloke working so hard up front in the championship, just really, really enjoy watching him play. But two strikers. Number one has to be Di Canio. Um, kind of obvious. Uh, I especially liked him. I, li- I live in Finsbury Park. All my mates are, are Arsenal fans. When he basically put Adams and Keown on their asses and then put it past, I think it must have been Seaman if it wasn't Lehman. One of my favourite ever goals. We won 2-0, magic. Um, De Canio, another quite funny story about um, the, the famous bicycle kick goal against Wimbledon. Um, my, my dad didn't, I used to be with my uncle, my dad didn't come that often to, to West Ham. He came like, you know, a couple of times a season at least. And he came to that Wimbledon game and he was a bit late. And he walked up, like through the kind of, up onto the, up onto the uh, upper tier. And he, as he got there, he turned round to, to, to wave at me because we were sort of maybe 10 rows back as in like I'm here I'm late sorry I'm late Canio scores a scissor kick over his shoulder <laughs> so he, he was in the stadium he was there he got there just on time to see Canio score one of the greatest goals in Premier League history but he turned his head to wave at me so yeah Canio has to be the one what, what a yeah. player again he, he was um, he was worth a season ticket price yeah. alone for a couple of seasons didn't he yeah no that, totally and, and that they were replaying the uh a lot of his goals recently, and uh, the ones against Arsenal actually, and and um, obviously, and he famously changed his shorts around, and he had, so if you watch those goals again, and again, I never saw this. Someone told it to me afterwards, but apparently he he always thought he played rubbish against Arsenal, so he wore his shorts back to front for that game. And when you see the goal again, like the one where he hits it onto the top left when he cut cuts in uh, when we played at Arsenal Park. He does have his shorts on backwards because you'll see the the West Ham oh, side right. on the back. You have to go back and watch it. Honestly, it's so funny, so funny. Right, okay. PDC, who's going to partner PDC up front? It's Carlitos. It's Tevez. Um, again, much like with that kind of moment with Joe Cole when I couldn't believe that we had the best young player apparently on the planet. I mean, Pia when we had the you know the mm. best player in the Europe, European Championships that day when we. Tevez and Mascherano suddenly went on Sky Sports News. I remember I was walking past the Foxtons and they had, I always had Sky Sports News in Foxtons. And I looked at it, I was like, what? <laughs> um, and um, it just felt so exciting. that, and, and you knew straight away that something wasn't kosher here. Yeah. But you were like, I'm not going to ask any questions. This is great fun. Yeah. And then, of course, we got this player, um, only for a season, who was made to be a West Ham player. Mm. Uh, in that he just worked so hard. He had that kind of like 
feral nature yes, to him, a little true. bit like Suarez or something like that, who, who just wanted to win at all costs and would bust every, you know, would, 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 would exert every iota of energy they possibly could to make it happen. And the fact that he didn't score for a little while almost didn't matter. We loved him pretty much from the first 10 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, it was just so exciting to have this, have this player who was really considered to be, you know, an elite player playing for mm. West Ham. Um, and, and the way he played just fitted West Ham so, so well. Um, and again, we t- mentioned earlier um, that, you know, there, 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 there are players who left West Ham in a good way and players who left West Ham in a bad way. Mm. I have never seen a player get a better reception coming back to West Ham, to Upton Park, than Tevez. And really, the whole cross Hammers thing, that's because yeah. of him. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that was a thing before that game when he came th- back. Yeah, with, no, we, we mentioned United. that. Yeah, I can't remember. I think I did the Stop Hammer Time podcast a couple of weeks ago. And we said, when was the last time someone, he was at the, and Jim reckons that he's seen photos of, of people. But again, it was dormant for maybe 20 years, maybe properly. But yeah. And I don't know whether, whether we had it planned or whatever it was, but it was just perfect. So, you know, he came, he came back to Upton Park. The game was being talked about as the Carlos Tevez game. We were singing Juan Carlos Tevez for like 10 minutes before the kickoff. And as soon as he comes on, he's doing that to all four corners. And you're just like, what a legend. What an absolute legend. And so before and after, uh, sorry, after really mostly, I've been kind of obsessed with him. Like I've got a Corinthians shirt with Tevez. I've got a Boca Juniors shirt with Tevez on it. I've got a Juventus shirt with Tevez. I would kind of, wherever there was an opportunity to watch him play, I'd watch him play. Um, so, yeah, because I think he really did sort of ingrain himself in, into West Ham hearts that yeah. season and in the way that he came back and in yeah. the way that he came back with the hammer sign. It was amazing, yeah. So, what I mean, can you imagine that strike force, Ticanio and Terry? Well, I just said, the, the whole team itself. I mean, you know, Pia and Cole yeah. and PDC oh, and Phil. Tevez Phil. and Yoshi as well. You know, it's like there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of skill there. It'll be first of match yeah, of the my- day. That's for sure, every week. Mark, Mark Noble's got a lot of work to do in that team. Yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah, of work to he do. <laughs> but then, you know, Potsy's not going to bomb forward, is he? So, you know, so, you know that's, that's a great team. So, yeah, so we've got Shaka in goal. We've got Julian, Winston Reed, Rio and Potts in defence. Then we've got Joe on the left. And we've got Pyatt and Noble in the middle. Yoshi Benayun on the, on the right. And then we've got PDC and Tevez. That would do a job, wouldn't it? Oh, that would do a job. Can you imagine? Yeah. Just also just entertainers, a lot of them. Like, yes, we are overindulged as West Ham fans thinking that, you know, there's the West Ham way and all this kind of thing. But we know the sort of players that we love. And it's, yeah. and it's the Pies and the Canios and the, and the Yossis and the Tevezes. Oh, lovely, lovely. It's, it's, yeah, we, we, we play best as a team when we have that Enigma player uh, who will be two games, won't kick a ball. And there'll be two games where he's like a world-beating player, you know. And, and, that, that's, and the that's truth West is Ham. you don't want... No. You don't mind losing. You don't mind no. losing if you, if you get to watch players like that. You know, I, I sort of I don't really care about West Ham being a big club. I just want to have some fun and watch some nice football. You know, and those sort of players are the ones that do it. And I think even more so now, you know, without anything, I think people just you know a bit more realistic now. And I hope and there'll yeah. be uh, people just want to <laughs> watch football. You know, they don't care. You know, I think just some sort of normality. So. Uh, Benji, it's yeah, been brilliant. Yeah. It's been really nice chatting to you. I really appreciate Love your time. Thanks, and um, and obviously, thank you to you all for watching. Obviously, you know what to do. Like, share, comment, whatever you want to do. Watch them all. And until next time, guys, stay safe and take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.